you realize that there was a lot of stuff that you know they didn't teach you in school when i was in school it was i felt and i've spoken to other people about this and and i've never met anyone that has and if there is anyone reach out because it would be nice to talk to someone who's had a similar experience i felt as a brown person in a, in going into school even though i was born in this country i had my own culture that was instilled in me from my parents and then i went to school and when I, as I was in secondary school, I started seeing the culture that was there. And it just baffled me. It absolutely baffled me. The culture was bragging about you being worse than someone else. So people would brag, I had the worst sleep. I've, I've done the worst in this test. And I just couldn't get my head across. I just couldn't get my mind past that. And as the years went on, um, there was a guy called Rob Moore from Progressive Property who was encouraging people to do a podcast during covid times and um and i just thought fuck it i'll do it so i did it hello this week's guest monish aka monsui tech is a business owner musician podcaster property owner and property developer we talk morning routines, daily non-negotiables, and the level of discipline that is required for success. If you like this sort of thing, please do like and subscribe. The more likes and subs that we get on the channel, the bigger the guests we can attract and the more value that we can provide. Hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Alex. Welcome to my podcast as well, stuff they should have taught you in school. There we go. So what I want to do with this podcast is really deep dive into different people's experiences of what a good life looks like for them and how it's interacted with their lives and how they how they feel about it how it looks to them and yeah just re really get into some good discussions about this so we'll start where i'm hoping to start every one of these podcasts with with what does a good life look like to you well i think a good life is you i mean you first have to really define what good is and the reality is, is that it's very hard to define what good is because today something may be good and tomorrow something, that same thing may not be good anymore based on your own perspective. But So if I look at my life and I think, oh, it's a good life, you may look at it, you may not actually think it's a good life. But from my point of view, I think that a good life is, I don't think that humans are made to sit idle, basically. I, I think that, and I define happiness and success in the same way, and that's progressive realization towards a worthy ideal so a good life would be something where you've got balance some level of balance it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have like you know 50 percent of the time you're working 50 percent of the time you're playing but it's that you and yourself do not feel overwhelmed from any one part of your life so as in you don't feel in yourself that you are spending too much time on any one part of your life and you sort of have a um you sort of have a, um, you know where you are in life and then you sort of have somewhere where you want to be going and then the good life is your progression towards that rather than having a point where, um, a point where you reach it and you say, okay, now I've got that house, now I've got that car, everything's going to be fine. And believe me, look, I've got, I've got to that point where like I bought a semi-expensive car, but I prefer the cheaper cars because you get more worried about these sorts of things. So it's not necessarily about having that end point. It's more about the general journey. And like today you may think, oh, um, you know, what I'm doing, maybe I'm working 
maybe 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And I'm okay with that today. In a year's time or two, that may change. And having a good life doesn't mean like, oh, um, you know, it's something that stays there like that forever. It changes all the time. And depending on how you reflect on yourself and how you decide to change your life based on those things. So I've gone on a little bit on that no, one. You've entered, that's you've, sort of my immediate thoughts about having a quote-unquote good life. And that's it. And you almost have to always do quote-unquote good life. What does a good life look like? It's always, it's always yeah. like you say, subjective. And, and with each person, it, it differs. It's quite interesting what you're talking about with the, the equilibrium of it's it'll it'll be your definition of a good life if everything you're you're dedicating the right amount of time to each different aspect of your life and you're happy with that equilibrium you use the word balance but you do say you think that's quite important that everything is in balance and you're happy with the amount of time that you're investing into each of your different areas of your life i do i i I do agree with that um Mo- I kind of mostly agree with it because I have seen some people where I haven't personally got to that point where they found something in their life where they can make money out of it and they also don't mind spending all their time. So they have no hobbies. All they do is that business or all they do is... Alex Hormozzi is one guy who talks about that and he says, I have no hobbies. All I do is work. And, you know, look, fair enough if that works for you. I wish that I would find something in life that I could make good money out of and then also have nothing else and you know if you solely focus on like one thing or like one business and that is in your mind you don't need rest from it because you enjoy it so much then in that sense that's still balanced but for most people we have our nine to five we maybe have a side hustle um, and then we've got family maybe we go to the gym maybe we have some hobbies and then the balance has to be you know balanced between those things and it's more on a sort of you like see what time you want to wake up what time you want to go to sleep and you work out the hours and then from there you can decide how much how many hours a day or how many hours a week you're going to be putting into anything but um you know you can easily have a good life and i I hope i find that one thing myself where i can you know dive all into one thing where i don't need rest from it i don't don't feel like oh it's getting me down or anything like that so if we take a look at your bio so we've got business owner entrepreneur musician podcaster property investor and property developer that's a busy life has it always been that way have you been that way since childhood you've always had multiple things going on to keep you entertained or is that is that a new thing um no i think it's been that way for a long time um yeah i think it's really come from um, my origins seeing my parents and my grandparents work very hard has instilled a work ethic in me um, I started working when I was, I had my first job when I was 13 years old in year seven. So that would be great. I don't know what in the Amer- in America, but yeah, about 12, 13 years old. Started doing a paper round and also sold sweets and chocolates and stuff in school. We used to go to the wholesalers. Um, we, we used to go with my family to the wholesalers and we would buy crates of Coke, cans of Coke and um, chocolates and stuff like that and just sell those in school. And then, yeah, pretty much always been doing multiple things, um, which maybe wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, and a lot of people are shocked, but I've calmed down a lot since then. There was one point when I had uh, three jobs and I was in one of those jobs was an apprenticeship and you'd end up putting a lot of hours in a week. 
But what what age was that? From probably age of from the, I think sixteen or so. 16, and that's trying to fit three full time jobs yeah. into one well, life. No, one not, week. not not three full time. I think from sixteen I had two jobs. From fourteen, I think I had one job. I was tutoring other children in a thing called Kumon, which I would go after school on Wednesdays and Mondays, I think, and Saturdays as well. I would do. I would go work one two hours. You wouldn't make much money, but I guess maybe it wasn't the best decision to do. Maybe, but you never know, really. Um, and then when I was sixteen, I started working in a rugby stadium, and um, I would work there Saturday Sundays when when the work was there then I think when I left college maybe 17 or 18 I then had another then I got my full my proper full-time job which was an apprenticeship uh, so I was working five days a week and then doing the studying aspect of things as well then I still kept those other two jobs I soon quit um, the tu- tuitions because it was the lady um, wasn't very nice to me for some reason she changed her mind about me and she acted differently um so i thought you know what fuck it move on um and the twickenham with the rugby stadium uh i started off doing like eight hour shifts and then uh, i found out that actually if you did an eight hour shift you'd have only two breaks you'd have like a 40 minute break and like a 10 minute break and you'd be on your feet the whole time and um but then if you did a five thirty AM start to ten PM, which is what fourteen hour, fifteen hour shift, you'd end up having like you might work for two hours and you'd have an hour break and then it would be like an hour or an hour off. So um I ended up yeah, I ended up doing those longer shifts and then um in my breaks I would sit in the car and study towards the qualification I was studying from as well. Um, but I don't, you know, I I think I did overwork myself in those years. I was doing a lot of stuff. And then obviously I was also trying to build a property portfolio at that time as well. Um, and it did catch up with me. There was a lot of burnout and there was times where there's a thing called paradise syndrome or something like that, where um, if you're working a lot, so I would go to the gym every day before work as well. And then I'd go and work and then I'd do this stuff before work and after work. And it was all too much because um the balance wasn't there but then again you know going back to the other thing is if it was something that was i was so so passionate about then i guess um i would need the balance really i would be happily spend all my time working in whatever x maybe um and uh yeah i had this thing multiple times where we would go for a family holiday or you know even just take a day off and i just immediately just get ill and um, it's an actual thing where your immune system actually shuts down if you're working all the time and then suddenly you take a break, your immune system just shuts down. So then I took so my this Sundays is what, this is what people. This is what happens to people when they retire, is it? They completely retire from like full on nine to fives and then they stop working and yeah. all of a sudden they're either very, very sick or they just go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm just Googling it now. Um, no, no, it's not. It's I've known not it. called paradise syndrome. It's something else. Um, paradise syndrome is something different. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but if I do think of it, I'll let you know, and maybe we can <laughs> put it in the show notes. 
mm. um, because I'm Googling it now and it says that it, it often is applied to individuals of such great wealth and success. So I haven't hit that yet, level yet that they feel yes. like they have nothing <laughs> left to accomplish in life. Um, so where did it all come for a head then? Did it all just get too much? And was there, was there a point where you're like, right, I now need to s- slow down or else something's going something's gonna to break? Yeah, I found it. It's called leisure sickness. Leisure um, sickness? Ba- leisure, yeah, leisure sickness. Oh, leisure, leisure sickness. Yeah, yeah. So you basically um, get flu-like symptoms when you take a break. Um, and yeah, it was that. It did come to the point where I just thought it was a bit too much. And uh, I started to take my Sundays back. And now um, I sort of have a nice level of work, maybe just a couple, four hours or so on a Sunday, depending on what's happening. Like if there's projects and uh, things I'm working on, then maybe I'll work a bit more on a Sunday. But Sundays were sort of taken back to be that day where I could review and plan for the next week. And um, I don't really do this anymore, but... It was a good habit that I got into was uh, every month I would take half a day or a day to myself where I would just sort of, I enjoy driving. So I would go out to the sort of countryside by myself and just sit there with a notepad for the day or half day. Oh, okay. Sounds sounds uh, like a bit of mind, mindfulness before you potentially knew what yeah. it was. Or was, was, was that something well, that somebody told it. you to do? No, it wasn't necessarily something that someone told me to do, but it just sort of made sense to say, you know, there's so much that goes on in the world and it's good. I do encourage everyone to meditate. I meditate daily anyway, without any of that one day a month or whatever it may be. I meditate daily every every day. I will, I will be late to work before I miss that meditation. And I haven't ever missed that meditation before, I think, uh, oh, three years, maybe more. So what Something does meditation like look like? That what what sort of practice do you do with that? Um, well, the meditation is sort of one part of the full morning routine, but all it is is just a setting a time in it, timer for five minutes, and about five minutes and about ten seconds. Of ten seconds, just to let yourself get into the five minutes, so give yourself a little bit of um, a runway before, and then you, all you do is you just close your eyes and just focus on your breath, and you just sort of observe your breath and um and and that's it and then when the timer goes off you know you open your eyes and you carry on um but you have thoughts come into your head and and you sort of just bring the attention back to the breath and mindfulness is essentially staying in the moment right and not thinking about things that are either going to happen or have already happened okay do you meditate I'm getting into it. I struggle with all things mindfulness. I've got a degree in psychology, so I know the benefits. I'm, I'm fully aware of it, but there's so many things, journaling, um, my, mindfulness study, any, anything like that. I, making it a habit is hard. I do see the benefits, and when I do it, I do enjoy it. But it's finding what works right with you. So this five-minute one that you work mm-hmm. on, if that works for you, that's great. Other people need all the way up to an hour, and they need that. Yeah, you know, multiple times. A I week. would say, if you haven't ever meditated before, then you start with just like three minutes or so, and you don't beat yourself up when your mind starts thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch or whatever. Um, you just sort of bring your attention back to the mind. And people do meditation in different ways. Like I had a meeting once with someone who um, was incredibly stressed, and I just said to him before we start this meeting, 
let's do five minutes of meditation. And he was like, I don't do meditation. I do praying. I was like, whatever you want to call it, then just do it. And I'll set a timer for five minutes. And I think you actually caught me because one day I was lying on the floor when you came into the office, right? Mm-hmm. And that yep. was that day when I said to oh, this actually, guy, I was like, right, okay. yeah, yeah. So which is quite funny. Um, <laughs> I wasn't particularly stressed that day. I think days like, you know, you do get stressed and there's days where, you know, everything feels like it's falling apart. And um, sometimes, you know, you have a year or so where it, you feel like things are quite smooth. And I've had that before, but I often found that the years where things where I thought things were going quite smooth, then it was followed by another year of absolute shit show. Um, we'll get into that. And do, uh, just going back to the meditation before we move on, do you have a particular pose that works for you? Do you sit in a chair? Do you lie down? Are you start walking, standing? People, people do all sorts of... So I think that there is a lot, there is in Chinese culture, they have four different types of meditation. Uh, walking, I think it's four. Walking, sitting, lying, and something else. Maybe it's three. I don't know. But it was whatever works for you. For me personally, I just sit and do it. I mean, you can also, there's, I've also done uh, walking meditation, which is really good as well, because all you do is you just walk in, in a park with nature and you just, again, focus on your breathing. And, um, and you know it's what and that is a really good way to do things is because you're already in nature where there's more oxygen and if you're taking deep breaths generally speaking if you're stressed and you just take one minute to have like five deep breaths you will feel less stressed because what happens when you're stressed is your body starts having um more shallow breathing and then you're not getting as much oxygen to the brain and all on and everything else but if you like do really deep breathing it relaxes you because you're putting more oxygen into your brain and more oxygen into your body. And it's just naturally what would happen if you put more oxygen. So you can just use that to your advantage. You hinted at a, it sounded like a strict morning routine that you do every single day of the week. And you said that was one part of it. What's the rest? Um, yeah, I do it every single day. <laughs> it, it changed some days. It, it's basically um, a normal shower. Then like, well, I start a shower and warm, hot, as hot as possible, really. Um, and then the cold shower, and then meditate, and then exercise, and then review my goals, and think of three things that I'm grateful for, and three things I want to achieve. Um, the three things I'm grateful for, it's, and then the three things I want to achieve. It doesn't necessarily have to be over any specific time period. It could be three things I'm grateful for that happened yesterday, three things I'm grateful for in general, or and then what I want to achieve. I mean, the three things I've been wanting to achieve and that I've said to myself every day is the three main struggles of my life at the moment, the three main things that I'm sort of, that are causing the most pain. Um, Can you share those? those? yeah one is just a a project that um that i did and um i sort of turned a bad situation into a fairly decent situation um but the sort of economy has changed now so it's still an okay situation but um it it's taken a lot of time and stress over the last almost a decade 
Um, and I just want to get rid of that project and move on, basically. And I will be taking a massive financial loss on it. Um, well, not not a huge financial loss, but bigger than I think what most people would probably be happy with or, you know. Uh, but it is what it is. And, uh, you learn a lot of lessons, and I would just want to sort of focus my energies on other things. I know in 10 years' time, if I said, oh, if I kept at it, and I kept working at it for another 10 years, 20 years, then maybe, just maybe, I would come to a position and say, oh, was it was it all worth it? And um, But at this point, I would rather not put all of that in that stress. I would rather not put all of that effort in there. And God willing, you know, that thing will be off my hands in the next couple of months. Um, and it, it was just with that one, it was just one thing after another. It's like, an absolute roller coaster of things that was happening like it's just like literally day to day and even even within the same day like hour to hour you would have like one piece of news to think like oh everything's going to be okay and then suddenly next thing oh no we're all fucked and then again oh it's going to be okay and then again oh we're we're even more fucked than we thought we were going to be and then oh no we're slightly less fucked now we're even more fucked and then and it's just an absolute, and it just drained me, it just drained me completely and um, stressed me out a lot. I've probably had the most sleepless nights I've had ever in the last year um, and the most stress. Um, but like I say, it is what it is and that's just one of my goals to to get rid of, to, you know, move on from that and focus resources into other industries or other areas. And that's what I was going to ask, actually. So when that big project is off your plate, are you going to take a breather or will you immediately find something else to take up that sort of energy capacity that you have? Um, I don't think I'll take a, if it's, if I'm going to take a breather, it would probably only be, it would be a, a breather that I would take anyway, regardless. And that would just be say, you know, take a little bit of time to actually think. And I think that a lot of people don't, and it, it's hard, you know, I think that there's a lot of value in, just sitting down and actually thinking and it's it's difficult because um in the world everything is moving around so quickly and there's always things happening and there's a lot going on and you know we're really overstimulated and that's the job's brain isn't it to filter out all of those stimulants and sort of filter it down to what you deem to be important so i would probably be taking a week or so or a couple of days to try and get more introspective and um really find out really create a plan essentially uh, with the resources and and then also schedule in reviews of that plan to see you know once you have the plan you have those reviews to tell you are you on track or are you not on track or and and even the reviews are part half of the review is okay i've spent this time doing this thing do i still want to be doing it and um and there's all these questions in life that you ask yourself and the reality is, is that there is no right answer it's just you know you just do the best with what you have and then if you think that you screwed up in the past then you just have to take that in your stride and, and try not to do it again okay so going, going back to the uh, the morning routine thing you, you it sounds like textbook like you know when you scroll through tiktok or youtube shorts and it's like you should be waking up and getting your cold water therapy then you should go do your exercise and you should do all these things it sounds like you've incorporated a lot of them it into is. a very it steady is. routine 
If you had to, and, if you had to lose, which order would you keep them going? Which ones do you think have the most benefit, or have you always done them as as a package? So you can't, you don't really know I've which always, ones actually benefit you the most. I've always done it, and I, and you know, we can see it from the research and stuff. And I would say with people with their morning routines, like look. You don't need to copy what anyone else is saying. You just do what works for you. And if I did everyone's morning routine, I mean, I wouldn't get any work done in the whole day. You'd start at 7 a.m. doing your morning routine. And you'd finish by what, 7 p.m.? Doing all these things. Okay, write out all of that stuff. Go for a walk. Do your one-hour meditation. Do your one-hour this, one-hour that. It's whatever works for you. And look, it worked for me. I did it for those years and I also, because we had COVID, so I had a holiday, I think in 2019, then we had COVID. That's when I started the morning routine um, or thereabouts. And mm. then I, the next holiday I had after that was in 2023. And uh, that was only a local holiday in, in Cornwall. And I stuck to my morning routine. And guess what happened when I stuck to my morning routine? No matter what time I woke up, I stuck to the morning routine. I actually had no post-holiday blues for the first time ever. Okay. Which was very interesting. And I think it's very it's my very much a grounding thing. Like, look, I would say the most, the most important things that you could do as part of a morning routine is one, to move your body, and one, to still the mind. And if you just you just knuckle it down to that, I think that's going to what's what would really give you the most benefit. Yes, cold water therapy is good for your heart and this and that and whatever research you want, and it does wake you up in the morning definitely. Um, and and you know I've come to actually kind of like it, which is a bit weird, but um, okay. I do I do kind of enjoy it uh, in a way. Um, but it's whatever works for you. Like you know you try it for a month, whatever morning routine you want to pick out and it only takes you 10 15 minutes but i'll be late to a meeting before i miss that morning Fair routine enough. so do you have a morning routine i do it's it's not as stable as yours it's nowhere near as consistent i like to, at the moment i like to get up down a glass of water have a green tea do some sort mm. of menial task just to just get something done just to do something and then it's into stretching and it's not quite yoga okay. it's five to ten minutes of stretching i've got various injuries yeah. shoulder injuries neck injuries that sort of thing and I, I used to be one of my worst habits was clicking my neck like just going like left and oh, right yeah, just clicking it. and it's um i saw one i used to work on cruise ships and one guy came saw me doing it from across the room came running over to me and he's like i'm a few years older than you if you keep doing that one day that thing that you're loosening will get worse and worse and worse and you will just get like chronic back pain from it and he was like i'm telling you now really? like years before i did anything about it uh, he was just saying you, you like he'd been where i was <laughs> he was like the future me coming out like, for god's sake stop doing that and i googled it found some clips on youtube of like exercises you can do in the morning and now what was a really bad habit and i thought i'd never be able to stop doing it because it was just like a comfort thing it's just like quite satisfying and you're, you don't gonna, even realize to, you're, doing you're it. gonna have to send that to me because i i click absolutely i literally like click my toes and everything as well it's terrible yeah. like, i click everything you know what's really weird though is that whenever i go camping i can't click nothing clicks because you're too and cold? that's whether i'm like camping out in no. tents yeah camping stuff. yeah tents or in hammocks yeah i can't click I like do the black back the back thing and, and and nothing will happen. Is that a cold thing? I don't know. 
I don't think so, because I've been camping in summer as well, and it's not necessarily cold. I think yeah. it's about sleeping on the ground. Or if, but the thing is, is even sleeping in hammocks. Like, I've done camping in hammocks as well. And you think that's going to be bad for your back if you're curled up in a hammock? That can't be great for posture no, and stuff. No, it's good. I think it's good for really? your back, if anything. Maybe that's yeah. why you don't need to click. Maybe you need to sleep mm, in a hammock full time. <laughs> yeah, I, I did actually. In my old house, we had a thing outside that we could hang up the hammocks and sleep. So I did sleep in there a couple of times because it's quite fun. I've, yeah, I, I started getting into hammocks a few years ago uh, because they're ridiculously cheap, like five, ten pounds. You set them up within five minutes, you take them down in five minutes, and in the summer, it's amazing because you just go to any of the parks. I have a couple of them, so we all go with mates and stuff for drinks and whatever. Well, the like the self sta- self standing ones, you don't need to find a tree or anything. It's just no, like no, no, they are. no, no, they are on the trees. They are on the trees. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Fair and they pack up to be about that big. <laughs> and you don't need to click your back afterwards. No, no, you don't. And they're you know they're very relaxing, very relaxing to be in. So yeah, mine is my morning routine is very functional at the moment. And I've tried the cold water therapy. Like that's the the most painful one, as in like it's mm. just not. I I never broke through the barrier. Even even just a few seconds just to wake me up, I can just about do that. But just to stand under there until you get that shiver in the back of your spine, that's yeah. that's far from pleasure for me. It's it's um, I when I was going to David Lloyd gym when I was eighteen nineteen years old, I did use the plunge pool there. But I don't know. I'm just a bit of a weird guy because, like, I will sit in the in the painful thing as long as I possibly can until I'm like, it's just one of those weird things that I do. I don't know why. To t- um, test yourself. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, and cold cold showers, like, you do have it. It's quite inconsistent because in the summer it's not that cold, but in the winter it's like very very cold. Mm-hmm. Um, when the weather's like this, it's not a chance. Well, you know, for some reason, the water isn't actually that cold. Like, because before, I remember some years, like, sometimes it would be, like, so cold that it would you'd get that um, pain in your bones. And then that's when mm. it's like, okay, fine, stop. But um, when you come out, then you feel warm. And then immediately after coming out, before even getting changed, was when I would do my meditation. Mm. So it would just be cold shower and then straight to meditation. I do like that whenever I've done, like, a yoga course or something like that that after you've done that exercise and you're you're focused on your body and your maybe your muscles are a bit exhausted going from that into meditation is lovely just that peaceful you've you've done the hard work now and now you get to enjoy someone just sort of talking you through a nice little five minute ending meditation that's that's the best part of it for me i would Um, say with your stretching and stuff if you do struggle with meditation i mean the stretching in itself is a meditation and if you're as long as you're not thinking about bullshit essentially and stressing yourself out um and this is this is what happens with just generally speaking is your mind you will everyone overthinks everyone's mind goes round and round and round and you you suffer in your mind a lot more than you suffer in reality so doing any kind of meditation sort of takes that out and like even i believe me i've had those times even when you're like out with mates and you just can't stop thinking about that thing and you know having that background of meditation is really helpful because it just allows you to sort of just take a couple of deep breaths and just say okay fine you know what there's nothing i can do about it right now so there's nothing i why should i be stressing and punishing myself that's that's in effect what you're doing is you're just punishing yourself for no reason at all Mm -hmm. um and 
you know, whereas you could be using that time to actually improve your own situation. So when you're doing your stretching and stuff, deep breaths and focus on breathing. And that's basically meditation for you. Well, it is meditation. I've started, have you ever heard of the, I guess he's an angel investor called Ravel, uh, no, Naval Ravikant. Mm, No, I don't think I have. So he, he basically just said, all you have to do is just sit there. Don't, don't, you focus on the breathing if you need to, but literally just sit there and don't yeah. do anything else. And I just think about the, the new generations that are coming through that have the AirPods basically from birth, have AirPods in their ears. They've got some sort of stimulation, no matter where they are, if they're in the car, if they're on the tube, if they're mm. just sitting still, they can't sit still for five seconds, let alone <clears> five minutes. And certainly for my generation, we've got the advantage of we've seen both sides of the coin. We've, we've yeah. had to entertain ourselves. We've had to wait for things. Like I remember when, mm. even, even a, a, a music song would take 20 minutes to download. And now everything yeah. is just instant gratification. You just don't have to wait for it. So you think that next generation learning a little bit of mindfulness, it's going to be so much more painful for them. Yeah, potentially. But it's all about how the individual has been brought up, I think. Um, and uh, I think one thing, in terms of morning routine, uh, I think the worst possible thing that you can do is get up and look at your phone first thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes, very, very occasionally though, I have look, got up and looked at my phone immediately. I did it this morning actually. I looked at my phone um, and I had a text message saying that I'd been paid rent from one property. So that was one good thing. But what most people do is they'll start <laughs> scrolling on social media. And immediately what you're doing there is you're reacting. Or you get up in the morning, you start looking at messages, emails, you're reacting to other people's problems and other people's shit. And other people's shit's always going to be there. Uh, You have to make the conscious choice um, to look after yourself and do something for you. And that something for you is not looking at your phone first thing. It's taking your deep breaths or going for a walk or saying hi to your family or whatever it is for you you know or doing doing the exercise doing the meditation having the shower and then i don't even check my messages for the first couple of hours in the day if it's something urgent they'll call me right there what time's your alarm clock go off seven seven decent yeah keep keep the messages till nine that seems fair I don't always wake up at seven i've been very bad actually because when i was younger i was very very self-disciplined but um i don't know why i just sort of fell off that bandwagon a little bit but i'm getting back onto it because i used to be on the gym well what it was i think a big part of it was i used to go to the gym all like five or six seven days a week um before work and i would do all the gym stuff i'd do the boxing i would eat um, i'm a boxer as well i'm a kickboxer so i would eat healthy and all that stuff and um and i gained a lot of muscle i got quite quite uh, quite built but then i had a car accident and the worst poss- the worst thing i did was i stopped exercising and i thought oh my back hurts i better not do all these deadlifts and these squats and i used to do like 100 squats you know 10 times 10 on a hypertrophy day or on a strength it would just be five times five and then um i would and that was the worst thing I did is I just stopped exercising. And then I got really fat and then we had COVID. And then I, then I started doing exercising at home and I lost like 20 kg in a couple of weeks. And then it was just a bit of yo-yoing bullshit, to be honest with you. Um, but in the morning routine, I do a bit of exercise. It's not like full, like 
uh, things. Um, I need to get back on it. Well, my aim is to be waking up at 6 a.m. every day. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, and I think that life works out a lot better if you wake up earlier. I think it's a lot less stressful, even if you can take your time, like, you know, even if you, if I could wake up, say, like, 10, take my time for a little bit, you know, by the time you get to your computer, even if you do do all the meditation and everything, you're still, like, a lot of reaction is happening because everyone's already two, three hours ahead of you and they've already had all their problems that they're shoving on you because guess what you're the only person that can solve them in the whole wide world of course tough times so on top of everything else that you've got going on you decide to start a podcast stuff they should have taught you in school yeah how did that how did that come about um started it during covid um with the intention um well, the main reason was that, like, for some reason, a lot of people always asked, saw me as someone who knew what they were doing, where they got that impression from. I don't know, but I realized that there was a lot of stuff, stuff that you know they didn't teach you in school. When I was in school, it was. I felt, and I've spoken to other people about this, and and I've never met anyone that has. And if there is anyone reach out because it would be nice to talk to someone who's had a similar experience i felt as a brown person in a, in going into school even though i was born in this country i had my own culture that was instilled in me from my parents and then i went to school and when i as i was in secondary school i started seeing the culture that was there and it just baffled me. it absolutely baffled me and the culture was it, the culture was bragging about you being worse than someone else so people would brag I had the worst sleep. I've I've done the worst in this test. And I just couldn't get my head across. I just couldn't get my mind past that. And as the years went on, um, there was a guy called Rob Moore called from Progressive Property who was encouraging people to do a podcast during COVID times. And um, and I just thought, fuck it, I'll do it. So I did it. And um, hopefully I make it wasn't something you, <laughs> It wasn't something you'd been thinking about at all before that. No. No, really? it wasn't. But it it sort of made sense because there was loads of people that would like ask me, and you know, uh, people who who thought, like I say, that I had, I had my shit together for some reason, and um, and uh, and and it was only because I didn't talk that much, and it's because I spent so much time thinking about what the hell was going on in school, and just like I just felt very very out of place, even though that when, when I had my first primary school, I was bullied. Um, and then by the time I moved to the second primary school, I'd sorted out that bullying stuff. But the second primary school, I was super accepted. I was everyone. Um, I was like fairly popular as well. Don't know why, but I was super accepted. And you know, and something I hadn't felt before. And then when I went to secondary school, I was again very accepted, but I felt like a complete disconnect as to how. I viewed things in my own mind and how the what like basically I just had a complete disagreement with how everyone's culture was in school and what was going on in school and I just felt like completely disconnected from all of that. And then um, and it just made me think a lot and I just ended up spending a lot of time thinking and um, not talking much and but just thinking a lot. And then um, yeah, I set up the podcast with the main idea to 
you know, make some money and hopefully build up goodwill. And then because I help people invest in property. So hopefully yeah, maybe I get some people from the podcast that have listened to the podcast over the years and then they turn around to me. And um, I will eventually be sending, setting up um, some sort of investment fund or something like that. So hopefully I can get mm. people trickling down from the, from the podcast to invest in property. Because a big part of what they didn't teach you in school is how to basically manage your money. And a big part of that is investing. And one of the best things you can invest in is property or in yourself. And then you learn how to do these things, you know. Um, the the uh, reason that wasn't there at the beginning that has come about, and I think this has really now become the main reason that I still do this. And that's because um, I have a younger brother. And this is sort of like, lessons of life to him so you're sort of handing these down to him yeah but what do you get from the podcast that you don't get from any of your other projects oh that's a good question what do i get from the podcast well i don't actually get much from the podcast at all i think i don't really get anything it's just a waste of time to be honest i don't really <laughs> I don't really, that's why the only thing that's keeping it going is that really is that I can sort of pass that knowledge on. Is there a level of enjoyment from, do you get a level of enjoyment from sitting down in front of a camera and just laying it out? Do you enjoy talking one-on-one with the camera? No, not really. No? A lot of the times it's a chore rather than, you know, something nice to do. No, actually, but you've been super consistent with it over the last yeah. well, since covid basically yeah i haven't missed an, a week at all I'm, every every sunday the episode goes out i record them in advance so it's not that hard to do mm. you know i've got maybe like four or five in the bank right now that even if i sat on my ass and did nothing for the last four or five weeks they would still go out but you i mean the thing called pod fade i think the average podcast lasts about less than 10 episodes so to keep mm. cracking through them, it's uh, especially if you're not enjoying them and you're not getting anything directly out of it, it's um, it's admirable. Well, thank you, but I, I think that I think that you know what you say is like oh, it, you you imply that these sort of things you should enjoy, and whether you think that they sh- you should enjoy these things or you shouldn't enjoy these things, I'm not going to tell you which one is correct. But um, from my point of view. I think that that's something that we have failed as a society, as humanity has failed, because we think that everything we should be doing is should be enjoyable, and we should be having fun and everything, and make your passion your profession. But the reality of things is, you know, you are going to have to do things in life that you don't want to do. Mm. And you doing things that you don't want to do consistently is what's going to be putting you ahead of the rest of the pack essentially have you ever heard of the concept of ikigai yeah yeah the japanese concept where you do actually so you are supposed to mix your profession and your your passion and your profession and make money doing that well it's yeah it's an idea of what you're good at what you love what the world needs what you can get paid for not what you have to do what not what you have to do what's in the middle of that but if you could find what was in the middle of that then you could live a pretty pretty good life it is interesting and i think that it is possible and look i've met people i do know someone that has think that she's done it anyway um but 
I always go back to feeling like, you know, everyone wants to have their own business. Everyone wants to be a multimillionaire and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the world does not function like that. You have these people that seemingly make a lot of money or whatever, but then you also need, you know, the cashiers, cashiers at the supermarket. You also need the people that are going to come and pick up your, your waste, um, you know, your rubbish or your recycling. And, I've not met one person who said picking up recycling is my passion and therefore I'm going to make it into my profession. Well, actually, maybe I'll correct myself on that because I was listening to another podcast where there was someone who um, I think they were really upset with their waste disposal. So they set up their own one and they started making some money. out of it. But, you know, doing that, if everyone did that, would the world still function is the question, really. If everyone said, okay, I'm only going to do what I'm passionate about, then would the world still function? Potentially not. But you say everyone wants to be a business owner. Is that how you see the world? Do you think everyone, everyone that you know wants to own their own business? No one's just happy no, being not an employee? No, I think, I think a lot of people, and especially from like, you know, TikTok, Instagram and all that stuff, I think that it is very, it's not necessarily everyone wants to be, but it's sort of the golden ticket that I feel like everyone would want to do that. Everyone would, would essentially want to be a TikTok influencer and make millions of pounds just basically taking pictures of their cars. And I mean, like, look, I would love to do that as well. I would love to make millions of pounds just taking pictures of, of my car. Well, I don't have that many cars anymore because the cost has gone so much. But, but I mean, my cars aren't very fancy anyway. They're just bog standard beta cars, really. Mm. Um, so going, going back to your podcast, so you obviously your background and where your your real depth of knowledge comes from is wealth creation and property is there anything else that you've brought in that you've you want to teach your younger brother that you enjoy more than talking about wealth creation i think the biggest thing is time management which is really life management and it's basically um it's basically the realizing that everything is in your hands and that you essentially need to uh, grab the world by the balls and rip them off (laughs) because no one's coming to come and help you. No one's coming to say like, no one's going to be there in your ear saying, okay, wake up 6am, go for a run, lose the weight, start this business, you know, make sure you stick it within your budget and all this stuff. At the end of the day, it's all down to you. And whether you've started out at a good position in life, like I think I started out like with a good position in life in many respects, or whether you think that you haven't had a good started out with a good position in life, and you know I could say the same. I could say that I've started out at a good position and started at a bad position. It just depends how you how you look at things. But the reality, the biggest thing is like just taking just taking the day and taking life and just sort of. And just doing what you can with it, really, rather than allowing the world to push you around. Mm. Why, so take... why, did you, why did you start your podcast? Pretty good question. Uh, Beats having a proper job. I think if I could turn it into something that I enjoy doing, not, not necessarily looking solely at the icky guy way of doing things. But I think if you can combine something that you actually enjoy doing and make money from it, then there's that school of thought that you'll never work a day in your life because you're just doing what mm. you'll be doing if you won the 
lottery tomorrow, what, how would you spend your time? Would you spend your time looking into new property investments? Would you spend your time driving your car? What would you, what would you do with your time? And so why not strive for something where you can get the best of both worlds? Hmm. Yeah, I think it is possible, but I think it's, you just got to be careful that you're not looking at it too much sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. basically and sort of just thinking like okay even if this is my passion like look music is my passion if mm-hmm. i was going to make money out of music i would have to spend probably six to eight hours a day playing music and at some point there are going to be days when i think i don't want to play music this many this many hours as much as i do enjoy it even when i pick up the guitar now and then and um you know sometimes you sort of have those sparks fly and you make up random stuff on the spot sometimes it's a bit more for sure and the reality of life is is whatever your passion may be you're not always going to feel that way and then that basically means that you need some level of self-discipline to push you into starting anyway or starting the day or starting the task or whatever it is even if it is part of your passion and that's why it's good to have to understand that there's going to be things in life that you don't want to do and you're going to have to do them anyway. Um, and then also to have a reason why you do these things, because I think that's really, if you, if you worked like, you know, or if I did all those, um, you know, and, and you can get into that sort of rut where you, where you're working and you don't really know why you're working. You just kind of just doing it to continue doing it, which is a bit, you know, many people are in that sort of rut. And um, that's why, you you got to just think about life you just got to think about your own life and and, uh, and think about it a lot really because yeah this you is... should <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you only get one um so yeah if you look at the difference between passion and purpose if you look at passion as that's your selfish side and purpose is actually you you give something back to others and therefore you can make some money from mm. it and it's actually something that the world needs around you you say music's the passion, but at some point it, it can only get to a hobby stage if you can't make money from it. Like how would you, in an ideal world, forget everything else? If that is your passion, how would you turn that into a moneymaker for you? Or it doesn't have to make megabucks, but just something that you could earn consistent living through doing what you love to do. Well, I just go to, um, well, I need a band. I've been, if anyone's listening and they're a consistent drummer, come and speak to me because <laughs> for some reason, all three drummers I've had have not been all four, four, one, two. Anyway, I've struggled getting a drummer. And, uh, so what instrument <laughs> do you play? To get people. I play? Um, I play piano and guitar mainly, um, but I can play drums. I can lay down a couple of beats um, and I can DJ and mix. Um, but main is guitar and keys. But you've settled into that's a hobby for now. You'll do that to de-stress rather than you'll do that to make it. Well, I have made money out of it. I think that I just don't necessarily want to make money out of it at this point in time. I don't think that that's something that's like really high on my priority list. Because I sort of look at it and I look at my skill set and I think, well, you know, I could put so many hours into playing guitar and making a song and playing keys and, and put the song together myself, which is fairly straightforward to do. You know, you use GarageBand anyway. I've got the setup at home. 
well, I blew my speakers, but apart from that, then if I get the once I get some new speakers, then um, then it, it's fairly straightforward. You know, I can make the beat on GarageBand, and I can do the song, and probably use ChatGPT to make <laughs> make the lyrics. You can make <laughs> make the whole song in probably a day or so. But um, but at this point, it's just something that I would just really enjoy doing, and I don't necessarily feel like I want to make money out of it. I, I just enjoy having jams. I just enjoy, you know, going out and um, finding a piano in a pub, for example, and just having a good jam on that. Mm. Um, it's not something that is on my radar to make money. And that being said, like when people have asked me, like I have been approached and people have said, oh, you play guitar, can you play for this for us and we'll pay you or you play piano, come and play at this and we'll pay you. Um, I mean, well, I've only been paid for a gig once, um, but um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, um, it's just a passion really at the moment. It's just something that I just enjoy doing, and uh, if I make money out of it, great. At some point, if I don't make money out of it, that's fine also. And I'm happy to make money in other industries and spend all the money on musical instruments. That's you know, that's fine as well. <laughs> Um, we have a there's a terminology in the that we have um, called gas g a s gear acquisition syndrome, and it's right. very real. When you play musical instruments, you do suffer from gas because you always want to buy more guitars and more gear and more gear, but you don't want to practice and get yourself better. <laughs> you just want them all stuck on the wall behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, look, I've got a guitar over here behind me now. So, with all this going on, have you got any passions? that you haven't managed to explore to their fullest because you just don't have the capacity to do it? Is there anything else that's like in the background where? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess fixing cars. Um, not necessarily a passion, but it's rewarding when you do it. Um, mm. I enjoy driving and stuff. Well, cars is an odd one because I, I never was into cars much, but I only became into cars because when I started driving. And then now at this point, I just don't want to have anything. I don't want to do any repairs or maintenance or anything. I just want the thing to work. And that's why I go Japanese. Um, and I don't want to spend much money on these things as well. So I tend to buy, I, well, I drive. My, my, my daily was before a 99 Honda Civic, um, which is what, 24 years old, 25 years old. But then they had this ULEZ bullshit. And even though that was the best car I ever had, then I had to get rid of it. Um, well, I sold it to my mate, um, and now I'm just driving a newer Honda Civic, which is 2007 or something. So it's still a very old, still a fairly old car, but I mean, it's better than having a. I had a, a newer car. I had a 2021 plate Lexus at one point, but I found myself more stressed about dinging it, parking it, parking it on a corner. Whereas with an old Honda Civic, or any beat a car that had a box of course you just don't give a shit you're like okay fine ding it park it into a bush bam you're fine like who cares <laughs> and um and that's just what i prefer to be honest with you i just want like things that work that can be basically workhorses and that goes across the board like your phone like my phone is old as fuck um laptop is actually something that's not that old i think it's only three years old but you just want things that work I just want things that work, basically. <laughs> Get to a certain age where you're just sick of, <laughs> sick of them breaking on you. You've touched on the productivity side of what you do a little bit. Rather than what you teach, what do you find works for you with so many products on, projects on so many? Like if your phone goes, 
it's not just necessarily your day-to-day employer that could be calling it. It could be a side project. It could be something to do with your music. It could be something to do with your podcast. When you've got all these inputs that have access to your emails and your phones coming into you, how do you, what's the, what's the best things that you do that organize your day and keep you on track to get the, the highest priority things done each day? It is worked out a system basically to manage life and uh, manage time. Like I say, time management is life management. And um, essentially all it is is basically sitting down thinking, what what do I want? And this doesn't come over one day. You may think, what do I want? You write down a load of shit, come back to it the next day or next two days, write down more shit. Maybe over a week, you'll somehow figure it out and then you'll work on it for a year come back to it and think actually scrap all that chuck that all in the bin let's start again with something else and that's fine um it's just that continuous sort of it's a feedback loop on yourself how am i doing is this what i want to be doing um you know how do i feel generally are there more and all you can ask for in life is you said before you are the first question you asked me is what is a good life and i guess another answer to that is just having 51 percent good days and 49 percent bad days would be a good life you're winning and more than you're losing. But I mean, look, I have a notepad that, and I and I get all of these notepads for free. Um, I because I go to like um, like you know, in Excel they have all these like trade shows and stuff. They all give you these notepads for free. These little A five, I think it is. Mm. And um, so I have so many of these, and I've written, and I've probably filled out twenty or thirty of these every day. Um, basically, well, every week I plan my week in advance on the Sunday. Um, and this is so you have the goals and you have the sort of those things there, but generally speaking, the day-to-day tasks, that's how they, they plan basically, um, a week in advance. And then every day I write it in this notepad. Um, and I have one page, I, I should have actually drawn out a blank one, but basically I have one side which basically tells me what time I woke up, what time I sleep, what my quality of sleep was, what my dreams, uh, productivity out of 10, coffee, tea, and I used to smoke cigarettes as well, so I had nicotine on there as well, how many cigarettes I smoked. Um, thankfully, I've basically kicked that. I mean, well, I haven't bought any cigarettes, so just drink them. It just takes other people's cigarettes. <laughs> no, um, I'm just joking. Um, and then I have a sort of a grid, uh, which I track my time in from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m., although I sleep before 12 p.m. anyway. Um, and each of these grids, I sort of, um, I, I write what I'm doing in 15-minute increments. And I also write what my energy was like. And I also categorize each one of those things into uh, income-generating tasks, so IGT key result areas, key KRA, key life areas, KLA, um, wasted, W, or ad hoc, A. And the goal is obviously have as much of your time as possible in the IGT, KLA, KLA and KRA areas. Um, so key life area for me is even having my meditation and my shower in the morning counts as key life area. Spending time with my family is key life area. Eating and relaxing is key life area. Going to gym, exercising, key life area, music, key life area. Um, income generating tasks are things that, you know, directly you're making money. Key result areas are things where you may not be making money right now. Like a podcast is the key result area because you're not making money right now, but you hope that at some point that effort compounds. Um, so that's one side of things is sort of tracking the time. 
And then the other side is the tasks. So they split that up into multiple sections. Um, MIT, which is most important tasks. And I typically have maybe about seven to 10 things in that section per day. And then I've got ad hoc, which I try to keep as low as possible, but sometimes it can be again from like three to 10 things in a day. Um, and then I've got a section there that's meetings as well. So I just write down what meetings I have. Um, and then I've got uh, another section, which is personal. And that's like wake up on time, meditate, exercise, a bit of research, um, reviewing the goals. Every day I review the goals as well. And then I've got um, another section, which is um, social section, which is basically marketing the podcast, which I use Gary V's $1.80 strategy and also networking. So all in all, yeah, I end up doing quite a lot of tasks today, but because they sort of are, I just find that working on paper works for me. Uh, a combination of paper and using the computer works for me and physically ticking things off. And you know what? There are many, many days where I don't get everything done, but you start on the most important tasks and that's, that's all you can do is just... Um, is start on thing the thing that you really don't want to do is probably the thing that you need to do and that thing you should be doing first and um you know people are going to cry about it but at the end of the day you got to this point you're an adult and you just have to you just have to do it like no one's coming to save you and everyone's going to cry and no one gives a shit at the end of the day so you just got to do it that is fully intense Every 15 minutes marked down. I think the closest I've ever got, I read and I tried to implement the system where my watch would go off on the hour every hour. And then I would just take five minutes just to review. Was it a useful hour spent? What am I going to do with the next hour? Am I on track? That's about as close as I ever got to. This is proper, almost that's, micromanaging that's yourself. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. It, because look, you don't want to have that sort of, I don't check in every 15 minutes what am i doing what have i done that's too many decisions and too many questions and it drains your mind you don't want to do that your mind should be used your brain is like a whiteboard essentially um for problem solving and there's a thing called decision fatigue so the less mm -hmm. you want to make all of your important decisions in the morning at the beginning because you're those that you basically get decision fatigue um and you don't want to be making stupid decisions and little crap like you know what do i want to eat today or, you know, and this is the one thing I hate is when people ask me, like, what do I want to eat? I don't want to make this decision. Basically, when you know what you want to do, so like, okay, um, for example, I'm writing out procedures, yeah? So every day I'll spend half an hour on procedures. Um, it doesn't mean after 15 minutes I'm going to review what I've done. And also, you know, say I have a massive task, um, like planning goals for production of accounts that may be, might take me two three four hours in in that instance i'm not going to be writing what i'm done the writing what i'm done is basically mainly from memory right mm. and it's not necessarily checking in every 15 minutes it's not even checking in every hour if i'm working on something for three hours i won't look at anything else i might use the pomodoro technique and sort of work for an hour, hour and a half which is what's a sweet spot for me personally so i get into the flow of things and then I might take a five minute break and then come back to it. It's not a case of, it's just, and then every week I'll review the week and I'll write down how much time I spent in key RA, um, in the key result areas and key life areas, income generating tasks, wasted time and ad hoc. So how many and, minutes a day um, are you dedicating to this system? 
it's not mm, probably spend about 15 minutes a day on this okay maybe up to half an hour but it's spread out through the day Mm. so it's like one minute here one minute there rather than um every hour nothing no alarm goes off every hour to say like oh keep this maybe some people need that maybe some people need a little alarm going off every hour say are you focused on what you should be focused on right now oh it's unsustainable Um, it would just piss me off after after every hour i was like oh this is this is a joke now i'm in a two-hour meeting it's, it's nonsense it just simply depends on your willpower and yourself and how self-disciplined you are. Self-discipline is the best possible thing you can have in life. Um, because at the end of the day, when you're a kid, everyone tells you what to do. But when you're an adult, it's your own choice. And I can choose to go and um, you know drink a lot or do a load of drugs and spend all my money on, on this stuff, or I could choose to work, or I could choose to do this, or I could choose, you know, it's your choice. The freedom is in your hands, which is also, it's, you know, it's, it's something that can serve you and also absolutely destroy you as well. And so if you go down the, um, the decision fatigue rabbit hole too far, you end up with a capsule wardrobe like I'm trying to achieve and a minimalist living because you don't want to decide what colors you're wearing. So you just go white, black or gray. And you just keep life yeah. really, really basic and simple, which I'm trying to yeah. get to because I'm a little bit colorblind anyway. So I always make the worst choices anyway when it comes to clothes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I'll um I'll we'll get on to the the quick fire section if that's all right, and then I'll I'll let you go. But thank you very much again for your time. Uh, it's been fascinating. It's jarred a little bit, so I'll, hopefully all the bits that I've missed have been captured on your end, and it will download at the end. Um, yeah, that's fine. We should probably do a second episode where I interview you a little bit more because, yeah, you've, yeah. you've been asking me more questions than I've been asking you. And really, I should be learning from you. No, no. Well, no. Um, so quickfire, what book, podcast or blog would you give to someone? I would definitely listen to the Alex Hormozy <laughs> podcast. I thought you were going to say uh, the Alex I Castle think... one then. No. Oh, that one as Alex well. Hormozy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Hormozy, yeah. Alex Hormozy. He really yeah. breaks things down very well. Um, mm. The book, I actually have one here right in front, right here for you. Actually, no, I lent it to someone else. But it's Rich, Do- Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, mm-hmm. by um, Richard Robert Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Oh, Robert yeah, Kiyosaki. Uh, yeah. Robert, yeah, Robert Kiyosaki, I think it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, mm-hmm. Book, podcast, or what was the other one? Oh no, it's, it's one of any, but a blog. I don't particularly read any oh, blogs blog. consistently. I don't, to I don't, I'll give you a newsletter instead. Um, mm-hmm. There's one called the Milk Road newsletter, and that's it gives you a newsletter five days a week about cryptocurrency. That was really good. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. What was your biggest light bulb moment where you learned something about yourself? <laughs> it's a funny question, that, because I found from my own experience there's never ever one point there's never an aha moment it's more a series of things that happen mm-hmm. and um from 10 years ago to today and how far i've come or how far i haven't come there's not like ever been like one moment when i'm like oh wow you know it's not like that um if i had to pinpoint anything i guess one i mean you have a key pivot points like that one point where i was working so much i started getting that leisure sickness or vacation Mm -hmm. sickness whatever i can't remember what it's called basically i was getting ill like i was saying when i was working too much and taking a break that was the key pivotal 
uh, point in my life. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's one major thing where you basically have a burnout and then you realize that, okay, I need to take different actions now. Mm-hmm. And these sort of pivot points can be self-induced. You can review at the end of the year or at the end of the month and think, um, and be brutally honest with yourself. And and it, and it's painful. Every single time it's painful because you know that you could be doing more than what you are doing. And you know that you, like every other human being, are falling subject to watching memes and wasting time and all of this crap, basically. <laughs> so you try your best. If someone wanted to take one action towards having a good life, what one action would you tell someone to do? Introspective meditation or you know, something introspective where you're reviewing yourself and really being brutally honest with yourself. And also thinking about how if I took these exact actions over the last, over the last, that I have been taking over the last X amount of time and I took that over the next X amount of time, where would I be? If I continue this podcast, who should I talk to next in your life? If I want to learn how to, if I want to learn life lessons about how to have a good life, who would you tell me to talk to next? I would say, um, speak to your own parents if they are still around. So they are, they are. And I avoid talking to them at yeah. all costs <laughs> at all times. But you think that's really important, obviously. I think it is. And I think it's also wise to know that no one really knows what they're doing. As a kid, you think, um, oh, wow, look at all these adults. They must know what they're doing. And when you get to, when you become an adult, you're like, no one knows what they're doing, really. Everyone is just running around pretending that they know what they're doing. No one really knows what they're doing. And, um, you know, your parents did the best with what they did with the knowledge that they had. And uh, hopefully, if whatever they did wasn't that great, um, you, as a human being, improve yourself. And then, therefore, you can uh, sort of, um, you know, break the cycle. Because that's what happens is the grandparents teach the parents this, you know, for example, money doesn't grow in trees, earning money is bad, money is evil, money is the root of all evil, and all these, all this stuff that sort of gets put into us through the Western culture, and it gets passed generation to generation, and it's essentially, the, it's essentially like the group of monkeys that say, um, you know, we all say so, so we must be correct, uh, but it's up to you to break that cycle, and when you speak to your own parents, then you sort of, see really where the philosophy is and you really see that they didn't know what the hell they were doing and you just thank god that you're alive at this age because there was a high chance that you weren't going to be given the fact that no one really knows what they're doing brilliant thank you monish thank you very much for coming on the podcast Uh, is there anything else last things that didn't get said that you'd like to say for the listeners no not really i think that we've covered a lot anyway and um, we should do another episode anyway where i'll ask you a few more questions and it's a good idea yeah. well best of luck and obviously i'll be posting this one on my podcast as well and shouting you out amazing thank you very much and um speaking of your podcast if anyone wants to find you where can they find you online socials etc the easiest thing is just to do a search in google for monsui tech m-o-n-s-u-i-t-e-k um, and the podcast will come up and my, my, all the Instagram and everything will come up. Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much for coming on. All right. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time.